Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. This week, the speaker uh, this week is Ted Gary. Now, uh, I will probably not get through this without choking up, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, Ted Gary, uh, first, like on the ministry side, so Ted Gary and his family in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, that's where he's from. Now, he speaks all over the world for Youth with a Mission, which is the world's largest missions organization, um, as well as at one point was a student of, um, has been mentored. He co-owns a chain of health clubs around southern Wisconsin and helps manage them. But more than that, and you wouldn't know this, but he's an unbelievable man of God. Um, He has influence in our whole city. There is not a pastor in our city who at times he has not gotten to influence and pour into, and they seek out his counsel. Um, because even though he's mainly in business, there's been a ministry call on his life, and he's always followed it. Um, He's maybe the only person in my life outside of my wife who I felt like the Lord said, be friends with that person. Seek them out. And on the day my son died, he was there with us, him and his whole family, and they took us in. So he was in the ER with us. That day they took us in their home. They kept us in their home for two weeks, During that time, he, out of his own generosity, finished our basement while we were living with him um, just to to take one more thing off their plates and carried me through some of the best and worst times of ministry I've ever been through and has been a big brother to me, a friend, uh, and just an amazing man of God. And, And not only that, he has four awesome kids who all love the Lord um, and really as a father, I've tried to follow a lot of his example because he's probably the best, like, dad I've ever seen. Just an amazing dad. And, uh, and, a, and a pretty good husband, I think. Uh, I don't know. I haven't really asked, but <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so, um, and, and he just has an amazing, uh, uh, we used to bring him in every year when I ran a master's commission, which is like a Bible college. Uh, I ran a Bible college for um, a total of seven years but for, for, for the four years that it fully ran, he came and taught every week. And at the end of the week he was done, Jen could tell you she was in it. Every time they were like, can he stay another week or two or forever? Because uh, the power of God is just on him so strong to share this message. Please welcome my friend, Ted Gary. Uh, thank you. Good morning. So that guy that he's been talking about seems like an amazing dude, huh? Wow. Well, I do want to say that it's a pleasure to be with you. Um, I wouldn't expect anything better than what I see. Um, the Bowers, um, you're fortunate to, to just be under their leadership. The direction of the church is only as strong as the leadership. And so we just take a minute and just give it up for your leaders. I'd like to just begin right away. Um, the topic this for the next couple of weeks, I believe, is authority. 
And um, I want to start with this, this idea that because God is such a good father, that he has put authority in our lives so that we can grow and be nurtured, so that we can be accountable. And so I just want to start down this road with this topic of authority, um, but also come from the vantage point of God as a father wanting us to experience what it means to walk in authority. Now, you guys have walked with, with God, many of you, for years. Um, I just want to remind you this morning a little perspective of who Father God is. Hopefully, we've come to a place in our journey with God that we can see him as a father and a good father. Now, I'm more of an encourager. I'm not a preacher. I'm a decent teacher, but I'm actually an encourager. So, if you hear anything remotely good that comes out of my mouth, you feel free to just say amen. Engage with me, okay? Um, don't sit there and just look at me and make me feel nervous. Just <laughs> kind of encourage me, encourage yourselves. Let's interact here this morning, okay? There we go, Ange. Thank you. <laughs> so I'll remind you of this this morning. Your Heavenly Father gives good gifts to His children. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. He is slow to anger and abounding in love. His mercies are new every morning. Guys, this is good stuff. You need to do better than this. Amen, this is good stuff. He will never leave you or forsake you. Now, in my journey, I, I've realized that there's an ultimate truth about who God is, and that is that he is love. I mean, like at the core of this whole Christian journey is a father that loves us with an everlasting love. The ultimate truth about who he is is that he is love. I'm here to speak on authority, but there's something even more importantly as a foundation that we must know for sure. And that's this. He loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. I'm running out of breath. Because he loves you because he loves you. There's nothing that you can do that would make him love you more. And there's nothing that you have done that would make him love you less. He loves you because he is love. And that is the ultimate truth about who he is as a father. He is love. All right, I'm going to make this kind of corny. Say this with me. He loves me because he loves me because he loves me because he loves me. Now, you don't need to say this part, but there's nothing that you can do that would make him love you more, and there's nothing that you have done that would make him love you less. He loves you because that's who he is. Amen. Pastor Brian and Ange have given me some liberty here because they trust me. And before I can start my message, I hope this is okay. I just want to pray for one person. Is that cool? Will you just give me some liberty? Don't get weirded out. Don't leave the church. Just give me a little bit of liberty here. What's your first name? Val. Val, the Lord says, I know your story. 
The Lord says there is a season coming where you will see breakthrough in the areas that you have not yet seen breakthrough. Daughter, the Lord says, I hold you in the very palm of my hand. In whatever you've been up against and whatever you've walked through, the Lord says it is a season of breakthrough for you. I see a picture of these obstacles and the, almost like these mountains that stand in your way and the Lord says, speak to the mountains and tell them to be removed. Speak to the mountains in your life, daughter, and tell them to be removed and cast into the sea. I hear the Lord say, I will be your hope. I will be your hope. I will be your hope. And in the times where you have felt hopeless, the Lord says, I will, I will be your hope. And this is a strategy from heaven, says the Lord. Rest in my goodness. Rest in my presence. For it is in that place that you will see great victory and great breakthrough. I don't know your story this morning, but God does. And God wants you to know he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. And there's no obstacle too great that you cannot overcome by being in the presence of God. See, the Lord says, I'm drawing you into my presence, daughter. I'm bringing you to a safe place in me. And I don't know if you've been far away, but the Lord says, I'm drawing you into the intimate places with me. Come away with me, daughter, for this is an invitation. Come away. I know your story. I know you by name, and I love you, and you will see breakthrough in the days ahead. Rest in me. Do not strive. Do not strive. Do not strive, but rest in me in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Remember, guys, don't leave the church, all right? It's called the gift of prophecy. Amen. Amen? All right, let's start down this road of, of authority. Um, the first thing we, we just want to recognize is that Father God is a king. This is what we see in the Bible, that he is a king. He sits on a throne. He's both father and king. This is where we get the word lordship from. When we come to know Jesus, we come for salvation, but we also come um, to, to make him the Lord of our lives. And so we want to be his disciples. We want to walk in the fear of the Lord. All right, the fear of the Lord is this. It's when we hate what is wrong and we cling to what is good. How many of you would like to walk in the fear of the Lord? Now, walking in the fear of the Lord says that we can relate to Father God as sons and daughters. All right, we weren't called to be orphans, right? What is an orphan? An orphan is somebody that doesn't fully understand who God is as a father. Amen? So an orphan is somebody that doesn't feel safe in the Father's embrace, doesn't feel safe in the Father's love. This is someone that feels distant and that Father God is like looking over the banister of heaven ready to hit us over the head. I've got news for you guys. He is a good father. A really, really good father. And so you and I can relate to him, not as an orphan. John 15 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it will be done for you. Now sometimes we just read through that scripture but in reality the word abide means it comes from the, the root word abode. Father God wants you to make your home in him. Amen? 
Father God wants you to abide in him so that your home is made in him. An orphan is somebody who doesn't understand the love of the Father, somebody that has lived outside of the presence of God and in the, the goodness of God. Now, I don't know your story. I don't know where you've come from. Sometimes there's a misrepresentation of who God is as a father because of our own fathers. All right, this isn't a judgment thing. We, we all have our, our stories. We all have our journeys. But I want to remove an obstacle from your life. If you had a good father, you may have a pretty good representation of who God is as a father. But some of us didn't have fathers that were always representing Father God well. So let me give you just a couple types of fathers, and then we'll get into the, the topic of authority. If you had a performance-oriented father, you may feel that Father God is only pleased with you when you do something good for him. See, what happens is when you look at the cross, you see through a lens that could be tainted. It could be a misrepresentation. And this is where we have to lay the foundation because you will only understand the importance of authority if you understand the goodness of God. Let me say that again because that was like extra, extra good. You will only understand the need for authority when you truly understand the goodness of God. Amen? Amen? And so maybe you grew up in a performance-oriented home where your father was, was asking you just to accomplish more and more and more. That may affect how you see Father God. You may feel that he's only pleased when you do something for him. What if you had a passive father, more of an apathetic father? Well, you may look to Father God and you may begin to say that he doesn't really have time for me. And so why bother? Why even enter into this place of being in relationship with Father? Well, what if you had an absent father? What if your father was not there all the time or military or whatever it might be? What if this was the the orientation that you grew up in with your own father. Well, you may feel like your, your father, God, then is not, doesn't have time for you, that's distant, far away, and it's possible that he's just gonna leave you anyway. See, guys, the reason that I'm talking about this issue of fathering is because Father God wants you to know from the very throne room of heaven that he's always been good. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever and he will always be good to you. Even when the circumstances around you are no good and the storms of life come crashing against you, he will always be good to you because that's who he is. We cannot understand the bridge between a good father. We cannot understand the bridge between authority and a good father unless we first understand who he is foundationally. If you had an authoritarian father, this is the one that says, follow the rules, follow the rules. He majors on the letter of the law. Well, you may feel that your heavenly father is, is harsh. You may feel that he just, he just wants to punish you. See, guys, it's really important that we understand how we were raised and how this affects how we see your heavenly father. Let me remind you of this. If there's nothing else that you learn from this message or resonates inside of you, let me tell you a message that I forgot to tell you when I first started. This is the message. 
He loves you because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. There's nothing that you can do that would take his love away and there's nothing that you have done that would make him love you less. He loves you exactly where you are. He loves you the way he made you and created you in his image. He loves everything about you. Now some of you don't get it, some of you can't receive it. But that doesn't mean that his nature and character has changed. He really is a good father. So at the foundation of this is just to understand that Father God is good. Well, let's move into this, this area of authority. And this is the topic for the next several weeks. But one of the reasons that we, we have authority is it's a, there's a protection that comes in being under authority. Will you guys just put your hand out with me, right hand, left hand, no problem. The Bible says that Father God holds the whole world in the hollow of his hand. If I didn't want to mess up your gym floor, I'd pour this water in the hollow of my hand and you could see exactly how much I could hold in the hollow of my hand. Guys, how much can you hold in the hollow of your hand? Do you know that the creator of the ends of the earth holds the whole world in the hollow of his hand? There is no problem that he is not bigger still. There is no pit that he is not bigger still. There is no obstacle that will stand in your way that he is not bigger still. He holds the whole world in the very palm of his hand. And he says that you and I are created in his image and we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Will you guys get excited with me because he is a good father. Let's give it up for Father God. Let's just give it up for a minute for Father God. Number one, if you're note takers, God has put and established his authority over us for protection. All right? He's established his authority over us for protection. We do have free will. That's the goodness of God, is that we have free will. Much of that is happening outside in our communities and our world is because of free will. We, we make poor choices. We don't love people well. There's some things that we don't do well. A lot of people say, non-Christians will say, well, why is all of this going on if God is actually so good? Well, the reason much of it is going on is because God is good, but we make really poor decisions. If we would simply follow the golden rule, right, our communities would change, we'd be transformed. Um, you know, we look to, pardon me for this, Brian and Ange, but we look to politics for change. You will never be able to legislate morality. The only way to legislate morality is legislating in the secret place with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because he can move mountains. He is a good father, but he puts authority in our lives. He is our authority um, because he, he wants to protect us. There is room on the throne for one king and his name is King Jesus. Guys, can I be light with you but also challenge you? If you are on the throne of your life, 
please get off the throne. That's, that is never going to work for you. There is room on the throne of your life for one king, and his name is King Jesus. And he will take care of you. He'll protect you. He'll provide for you. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, your provider. He's Jehovah God. But guys, the first step in this whole process of authority is you need to get off the throne of your life and make room for King Jesus. And he will help you with everything. He will help you. He will help you walk through your life. He is the king and we are not. He is the king and we are not. But he will lead you, he will guide you, he will direct you, and he will crown, his efforts, crown your efforts with success. Truth number one, God knows about all authority. Right, the Bible says that he, he raises up kings and he disposes. So don't worry about this idea that, oh, you should, you should know who my boss is. Right, listen to Pastor Brian, what he said, get all excited at work and get your raise. Right? Remember, no matter whether you're working under unhealthy authority or not, God is aware. Right? We're not to be abused by authority. We're not to be injured by authority. But, but the reality is that God is in control. He knows every person that has been put in authority. Uh, whether you agree with your current president, whether you agree with your governor, I, I'm not sure about any of that, but the, the reality is God knows God knows that there are men and women that have been put in authority over us, and he's fully aware. Whether you like those that are in authority above you or not, bless them and do not curse them. Do your very, very best to bless those that are in authority. Truth number two, we are called to submit to authority. Now, many of us understand this. We understand that God is our authority, that he's a king on a throne, that we're both sons and daughters. We're also his disciples, so we make him the Lord of our lives. It's not just salvation. We're actually making him the Lord of our lives. We're saying, yes, Lord. Your ways, not my ways. Your thoughts, not my thoughts. Your way of doing things, not my way of doing things. For many of us, we've realized that he holds the whole world in the palm of his hands. And therefore, because he does that, we, we yield to him because it's almost like, wow, would that be dumb not to submit to the creator of the ends of the earth, right? Would you admit to me that that, that might be kind of a dumb move? So let's submit to him as our heavenly father, understanding that he created us in his image. The Bible says he knows us from the beginning to the end. Um, and so let's, let's submit to him. But there's a problem the problem is that when God created uh, the world that we walk in, he also created something called delegated authority. And this is where it gets kind of hard. So why is it hard for us to submit to those people that have been put in place one step above us? Be honest with me, guys. It's not always easy. Like sometimes you come home and you're like, oh, I hate my boss. Or... If I was the pastor of that church, I would have done it altogether different. The music is too quiet. The music is too loud. Pastor Brian misspoke something from Scripture. Now, I'm not trying to bring conviction to you. I may never be invited back to this church, so I'm just going to give you a one-two punch because 
I believe that God is so good that he, he gives us principles. Let me digress for one second. If you walk through your life principle-based and not preference-based, you will have a much more victorious life. If you know the truths from God's word and the principles from God's word, and you yield to those and submit to those, your life will be that much more exciting and you'll have fewer arguments, less obstacles. If you have preferences, that's awesome. The Bible says yield your preferences. Guys in your marriages, I just have a tip for you. 30 years of marriage right here. Just tell you I'm very easy to live with, so I think I'm part of the, <laughs> part of the solution. Uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> 30 years of, of marriage, uh, there are preferences and principles. As godly people, we, we hold to our principles, the godly principles, the preferences we yield to others. Men, if you want to win this thing, yield to your wife's preferences. The kitchen can be yellow or green. The couch can be this color or that long. Guys, yield to the preferences of your wife because at the end of this thing, we want to be principle-based, disciples of Jesus, walking in principles, not preferences. And all the women said? Amen. Amen. Some people would say, I'll only submit to God's authority. All right, there's just no, there's no avenue for submitting to delegated authority. I've got three possible suggestions for you as to why it might be difficult for us to submit to delegated authority. Well, the first one is that we've been wounded by authority. Right, and we, we may all be represented in that camp that somehow in our journey someone injured us that was an authority. It could be a parent, it could be a teacher, it could be a coach that embarrassed us. But I just want you to, to open up your hearts a little bit this morning. The Bible says that David desired a broken and a contrite heart. The Bible says in Psalms 24, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? It's the man with clean hands and a pure heart. Now I can tell when I look in your eyes that I'm, I'm treading on kind of some difficult waters because I know that we have pain and I know that we have these issues with delegated authority. But I also know a good Father in heaven that heals every wound and that can set you free from prisons of unforgiveness and bitterness. So the first problem could be that we find it very difficult to submit to delegated authority because we've been wounded by authority. I'm sure you've heard this a dozen times. The problem with unforgiveness is that it's a prison that you lock yourself in. The other person is long gone. They're walking out their lives, but it's you that has been imprisoned by this thing called unforgiveness. And the Bible says that unforgiveness leads to bitterness, and bitterness defiles your whole being. And so every relationship is unknowingly embittered because you've allowed bitterness to fill you to overflowing. I've got good news for you. There's no problem too big that God is not bigger still. Amen? Number two for you note takers. God created us to be 
dependent on him, interdependent on each other, which means you and I need each other. We need Thrive Church. We need community, but never independent. Number two for your notes is something called an independent spirit. Welcome to America, (laughs) right? Welcome to your town. Welcome to your school. Welcome to you. Independent people doing independent things, walking in independence. And, you know, I'm sort of humorously saying that because we, we do value our, our rights as citizens. The only real right we have, honestly, honestly before God, is each one of us has a right to spend eternity in hell except for a Savior that came to save us and rescue us because he's good. So you and I are called to be dependent on God. That means we just give him our whole lives. We're dependent on him. We need each other. So we're created for relationship, interdependent on each other. You and I need each other, but never independent. Number two for your notes is something called an independent spirit. And what happens is you and I say, I have no need of other people. I have no need to be in community. And the reason it's so important is that you stay in community and not adopt this independent spirit is the enemy loves to beat up on the independent people. The trick of the enemy is to get you on an island of your own. I've been wounded by the church. I've been wounded by those church people. And so I get out on an island unto myself. And what happens is when I'm on the island unto myself, that's where the enemy comes and beats me up. He wants to isolate us, keep us away from community. Bible says confess your sin one to another. Make sure that you're clean before God. Confess your sin so that you're not the one out on the island because that's where the enemy, uh, the Bible teaches us that he roars around. He, he, he um, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That could be you if you're out on an island unto yourself. All right, let me hit you a little bit hard, a little bit one-two punch. So I'm a little soft-spoken, so I can get away with some of this stuff. So I'm going to go for it. How do you know if you have an independent spirit? This is painful for me to say, but I'm just going to go for it. You may have an independent spirit if you're often opposing authority. Guys, you you just have a tendency to just oppose, oppose, oppose. And maybe there's nothing to oppose, but for some reason, you are the one that tends to oppose authority. You may have an independent spirit or walk in this independence if you're regularly contradicting authority. Number three, you're fervently challenging authority. Guys, you know who you are, just admit it. Don't put your hands up. But you know who you are, right? It's just a part of your DNA. But God wants to change your DNA so that you can walk in the safety and protection of walking under the authority of Father God. And being able to bless those that are in delegated authority. Right? It's not easy to be a leader. You might do it differently than how someone else would do it. Maybe you're a leader and you really understand But the reality is that this is a principle of God's word, that we are to walk in a place of dependence to God, where, God, we need you, we give you our whole lives, interdependent on each other, 
and never independent. Number four, you might often fight authority. And number five, regularly dissenting with authority, especially delegated authority. All right, this may mean that you might have an independent spirit. Um, I'm sure there's no one in this church that has an independent spirit. Um, but if, you, if you're struggling in this area, just let God be God and let him take control of this area of your life. All right, so number one is just, you may have had a wound because of authority, and that's why you don't fully understand the importance of delegated authority, or it's hard for you to yield to that authority. Number two, you may have an independent spirit. I think you guys are awesome. It's just that you may have an independent spirit. Now, conviction is this. I'm not here to convict you or judge you. Um, conviction is this, though. It's when the Holy Spirit puts his very gentle finger on a very specific area in our lives. You know, condemnation is when the enemy, it's like this yucky, you know, blanket that gets put on us. This is called condemnation. That's from the enemy. Uh, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But in order for you to have that abundant life, there are times where the gentle conviction of the Holy Spirit presses into an area in our lives, and this is the area that God wants to work. Amen? You guys are getting pretty quiet. So it either means you're thinking or you hate me, but I don't think you hate me. You must love me. I'm very lovable. Until I go to this next topic. All right, number three is, is pride. All right, I heard a few amens until I start to give you some of these, these expressions of pride. All right, but I love you guys. I just want to speak the truth in love. I want to see you get free from anything where the enemy has you captive. Um, pride is like bad breath. All right, and when we have bad breath, we need somebody to tell us, hey, listen, your breath stinks. <laughs> and when that happens, then we can go find the proper remedy. Pride is the same way. When you have pride, a lot of times you don't even know that you have pride. And someone needs to tell you, hey, listen, you really have bad breath. It's called pride. Pride can stand in the way of us submitting to authority. All right, you guys ready? Fasten your seatbelts. These are some expressions of pride. Pride makes me feel special or unique. It says I'm more important than others. You can just check the boxes, and then we'll add up your scores, <laughs> and then we'll put them on the screens. Is that cool? Yeah. Pride produces a hardness of heart. It concentrates on others' faults or their weaknesses. Pride produces self-pity. When someone walks in self-pity, you know these people, they're just always loathing around. The best thing you can do for somebody in love is to reach into the pit of self-pity and pull them up, and pull them out of this place called self-pity. It's not gonna work for you to get in the pit with them. It's only gonna work for you to speak the truth in love. 
The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. All right, blessed, blessed are the peacemakers. A peacemaker is somebody who confronts in love for the purpose of change. 90% of my life, I was a peacekeeper. I would keep peace at any cost. And you people know who you are, right? You know whether you're a peacekeeper, a peacemaker. A peacekeeper is someone that will keep peace at any cost because they need peace so desperately in their own life or they grew up in a home where there was so much conflict that they just have to keep the peace. Guys, when you step into this new camp called Peacemaker and you confront in love for the purpose of change for yourself and others, you will find that you have just walked out of this this, uh, prison and that bondage of keeping the peace. Like you know how it works, you start to get these ulcers and you start to get this when you don't have the peace. But the Bible says blessed are the peacemakers. Let's guys in your community be people that make peace. Number four, pride will not admit mistakes. You guys are pretty quiet. It's all good. It's all good. No problem. Pride prefers its own interests above others. Pride has an unteachable spirit. Fear of man is a form of pride. When we fear man more than we fear God, this is called pride. Insecurity rooted in pride or pride rooted in insecurity. We want to walk in the fear of the Lord and not fear man. Pride is impatient. Mostly with others, sometimes at stoplights. (laughs) Pride is impatient with others. Pride is judgmental or critical. Just a few more. I don't want to bury you in this stuff. Pride expects others to consult us and often offended when we are not consulted. Pride is impatient with others. Oh, sorry, I said that. I'll cross that off my notes. Uh, Pride is envious or jealous. Pride expresses itself through insecurity. Pride undermines authority. Pride has an an independent spirit and is not willing to submit to authority easily. And then lastly, Daniel 4, chapter 4, verse 30 says, Pride touches God's glory. There are some reasons that we really want to understand what it means to walk in authority. And the Roman centurion is one of those people that's mentioned in the New Testament, and that's that the Roman centurion needed healing in, in his family, and, and he came to Jesus, and, and Jesus said, I'll come into your home, and I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that need that you have. And, and the Roman centurion said, no, I, I understand authority. I'm a man under authority. And if you just speak the word, it will be done. Authority is a kingdom principle. Authority is something that we we get to walk in for our protection and for the purpose of seeing the kingdom of God advanced. The very foundation, God is a good father, but he's a king. 
He sits on the throne of our lives and he gives us principles that we can walk in so that we can have the very, very best and advance the kingdom of God. The Roman centurion said, if you just speak the word, it will be done. He didn't need Jesus to come to his home. He just said, speak the word and it will be done. For you and I, there are two things foundationally that are extremely important. And that is, that is the great commission and that is to go into all the world. And so if we look at, at Mark chapter 16, it says, I have given you all authority. Lay your hands on the sick, see them recover, cast out demons, and on and on and on. But, but the Bible says that he's given us his authority and cloaked us in his authority so that we can go out and advance the kingdom of God. Amen? We must walk in godly authority with the understanding that he's a good father and that good father is a bridge to understanding the importance of walking in this type of authority. I can't tell you anything more important on this earth than to advance the kingdom of God, to be ambassadors that go into all the world and see the kingdom of God advance. It is exhilarating. I'll tell you a couple stories um, when we talk about the Great Commission. So the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Number two, the greatest commission, go into all the world, lay your hands on the sick, see them recover, cast out demons in my name, etc., etc. If you lose your way on your journey and your Christian walk, just go back to those two things. Right? If you can't find your way, just make sure of this, that you love God and you love your neighbor as yourself and that you're about the Father's business by advancing the kingdom of God. When the Bible says I've given you all authority, God means it. He means I've given you authority to preach to the poor and to do the things that I've called you to. When my kids were, um, when my kids were, they're all two years apart, so my wife says you're, you're always wrong with the ages and the dates and things like that, but it's, it's a general concept I'm trying to share with you. So when my kids were little, they're all two years apart. Uh, we live in, in Madison, and uh, of course we have the, the winter season, and, and the three girls all had asthma. And I mean really intense asthma, nebulizers, these inhalers. They couldn't go to school many, many days because of this, this, uh, this problem with asthma. And, the, the, the wind and the cold air would really affect them, and it was really devastating for us as a family. And I've got kind of a funny story. I, I remember this, this, this authority that God gave me, right? I've given you and you and you and you all authority. Now go do these things. So I went to a prayer meeting one night, and there was this man that was speaking about this authority stuff and healing and... and um, and so I, I went forward just for prayer. My kids weren't there, my wife wasn't there. And, and the man put his hand on my chest and he said, do you feel that burning? And I'm like, oh no, this is one of those weird people that always have all these feelings. And you know, like how did I get the weird guy? And anyways, <laughs> so he puts his hand on my chest and, and he says, do you feel the burning? And I'm like, oh no, I don't, I don't feel anything. And I was just so discouraged. 
just so very, very discouraged because of the time that it, we had um, with our kids having asthma. And anyway, I hope you find this funny. The Bible says, come before the elders of the church, anoint them with oil. And so for some reason I had like 0.05% faith after this guy prayed for me. My kids are sleeping in their bedrooms. My wife is asleep. Go into the kitchen and um, I'm looking for oil. So, you know, anoint your kids with oil and they'll be healed. I've given you all authority. This is why authority is important because we can take it into all the world once we've been you know, we understand this concept of authority, then we walk in authority. We walk in spiritual authority once we get the concepts. So it's important for our day-to-day -day life, but it's also important for us to go into all the world with spiritual authority. I go into the kitchen, we have no oil. Like, I don't know what we cook with, but there's no oil in the whole thing, except for this. Some of you are, are old enough to know what shortening is, like Crisco. So I'm like, I think this is oil. This is shortening <laughs> of some kind. And I'm not kidding about this. So I take this Crisco under my arm like this. I take the plastic cap off. And I go up into my first daughter's bedroom and I put my finger in it like this and I put a cross on her head. And I said, Father, you have given me all authority. And I said, you've got to heal this little girl. And I put the little cross on her head with the Crisco, not oil, but the white stuff. <laughs> I go into the next, next child's bedroom, little girl, two years younger, grab my shortening, put a little cross on her head. Father, you've got to heal my little girl. Next bedroom, same thing, shortening, right on her head. Almost no faith, to be honest with you, other than the faith it took to get the shortening and get up to the bedrooms. I am not kidding you about this. The next morning, not one, but not two, but three, all three of my girls were radically healed of asthma. And never, <laughs> never had a problem again, never had asthma again, never a problem. Because he has given us all authority to lay our hands on the sick. My son was born with, uh, the Bible said he would have epilepsy. He was having seizures. And um, they just said that this is a condition called epilepsy. He'll have this problem the majority of his life. Guys, I want to tell you something this morning. Don't take the doctor's report as the final report. All right, Father God, who has given us all authority, has the final report. This little boy, the doctor said, you'll have epilepsy all of your life. Um, little baby you will struggle in many different ways. So I'm like, like I'm a quick learner, so I, I, I go back to the kitchen and I get my Crisco again. <laughs> it's not about Crisco, but I did go back to the kitchen. I like if it worked before, it must work again. And so we put a little anointing on our little guy and all of a sudden, three weeks later, no more seizures ever again. No medicine needed, no, no problem at all. God is a healer. He's given us all authority. And this is why the concept of, his, of authority is so important. Don't just walk under his authority, but also find yourself working under delegated authority. I'm gonna have the worship team come just for a, a brief song. I have what's called a crafted prayer. And I just wanna give you the opportunity with just some light 
maybe some light background music, just to, to open up your hearts and just receive this prayer for yourself. I just want to see you guys come out from underneath the enemy's plans if you're struggling with authority. Um, spiritual authority is something given by God for the purpose of advancing his kingdom. But we also have to have the character that is, is available to us through coming under delegated authority. This is the shortcut for you. Your spiritual authority is based on your character refined in the fire of God's goodness. All right, your spiritual authority comes from your character being refined in the fire in the fire of God's goodness. So we must be people that walk in godly character and that is why we are asked to walk under delegated authority because under delegated authority we have our character refined. This is the way that we begin to walk in spiritual authority is when God trusts us because we've walked in character and principles. Guys, if you want to lay your hands on the sick, see them recover, you want to cast out demons, you want to preach in different nations, the way to get there is through spiritual authority. It is your character refined in the fire of God's goodness, but also it's understanding the principles of authority. You've been wounded by authority. God can heal you. If you've had an independent spirit and you tend to operate in a little bit of rebellion, God can set you free. And if your problem is that you just have a little bit of bad breath, it's no problem. This thing is called pride and God can heal you and set you free and heal the roots related to the pride. I want to tell you this morning that God is always good. He's always kind. He's always merciful. And he loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. There's nothing that you can do that will take his love away and there's nothing that you've done that would make him love you more. He loves you because he is love. And that is the ultimate truth about who he is. Would you just quietly open your hands if you'd like to. I'd just like to have you join me in this crafted prayer. Just listen to the prayer. Father God, this morning we come before you and we recognize and understand that we are part of the kingdom of God. Today, today we choose to submit to your authority. And we ask you to forgive us, Father, for those times that we have rebelled against you or misunderstood your character. Today, Father God, we also choose to submit to delegated authority. Father, would you heal the broken places inside of us? Would you heal us for the times we have felt betrayed and hurt by authority? Father, today as an act of my will, I choose to forgive all unhealthy authority that has wounded me. I'm going to say that again. Father, today as an act of my will, I choose to forgive all unhealthy authority that has wounded me. Today I release them. I bless them and I choose not to curse them. Father, would you release me from the prison of unforgiveness and the prison of bitterness. Today, Father God, we say yes to the principles of the kingdom of God to submit to you as our Father and as our King. We also commit with your help to submit to all delegated authority that you have put in place and authority over us. We recognize that our spiritual authority comes from walking in humility, having our character refined in the fire, and willfully submitting to those that have been put in authority above us. 
that you, Father God, would be glorified, that your name would be glorified in and through our lives, that we would be people that advance the kingdom of God, that set the captives free, that heal the sick, that feed the poor God. Father, this morning we begin to say to you that we desire to be kingdom advancers, that we desire to be ambassadors for your kingdom, to go into all the world, to go into the neighbor, neighborhood, God. Raise us up, O oh God, as kingdom people that understand your authority. God, that we wouldn't resist authority, but that instead that we would walk, walk in freedom under your mighty hand. Help us to serve others, God. Your word says if we want to be the greatest in the kingdom, we'll learn to serve. And then finally, God, I just say your will be done on earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I pray for our nation, God. Father, would you pour all your spirit afresh upon our nation? God, would you be merciful to us, your people, who have come together in this house all across the land, God? Father, would you let your spirit pour out upon our nation once again? Would you be merciful? Father, would you draw all men unto yourself, God, that none would perish? No, not one, God. Would you forgive us, God, for not walking in authority, not understanding authority, God? Father, I ask you tonight that your presence would rest upon us in a very tangible way. I ask you for revival in our nation, God, because nothing else will do. Nothing else God will do. We need the reviver to revive his church and awaken his church once again, and we need the reviver to bring revival to the streets of our city, and we say yes. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, as we come together today, we say come into our, into our lives, God, but also come into this city. Father, that none would perish, no, not one. Holy Spirit, come and fill our hearts once again. Says, be filled, but be constantly filled. We give you our lives, we give you our future, we give you our hopes and our dreams, and we bless you, Father God, this morning. We bless you, Father. You're a good Father and a good King. We bless you today, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. So long.